Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. What do we got today, Rick? We got our week four trade targets. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? Trade Targets Week 4. Everyone's favorite episode. We got quite a large quantity of topics to discuss. More specifically, just trade targets. <laughs> I was going to say. Nothing's changed. Um, depend, we, define a We don't have a quantity. million topics. Um, yeah, so we're going to do our trade targets for week four on this episode today. Before we jump into that, check out our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs, on Instagram at thefantasychampions. If you like us, uh, you can like us at facebook.com forward slash thefantasychampions. If you're last, listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other, 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 wow, any other major podcasting platforms, please subscribe. It's so easy. Yeah, it literally it really is, is the easiest thing to do. I don't understand Yo, why people. On TikTok it's too. like it's like getting people to vote in a fantasy league. Yes, follow us on TikTok. I never mentioned TikTok, but uh, it's kind of awesome. Fantasy champions. Um, but anyway, it's like it's like doing a league vote and having half the league not vote, and they they it's see it. They happy. view the message. They view the vote right. message, and they still don't vote. We're saying to I you think right it, it now. It might just be in spite of you. So they don't do it's it. It's um, true. Very true. <laughs> but please subscribe it's so easy to do just hit the subscribe button um leave a review and share this podcast with your friends as well um if you're on on youtube same thing subscribe click the bell for notifications like and comment down below any trade tw- tr- trade questions you have man i can't talk today you're like we were talking before the show and you're like i just need to eat i just gotta eat something. i have to eat something i'm so hungry right now oh did you not eat anything i thought that's where you went no, when I, went to I, go grab I literally, oh, okay. I was, I didn't grab, I, I should have brought a whole bowl of soup. That's what I straight thought you were up gonna in do. here. You're no, gonna like record a podcast. I was actually going to make you sure that my wife that. was making me rice. So oh, there you go. There's that. Uh, let's jump right into our trade targets. We'll start with the sell highs and then go into the buy lows for, for fun natured things. I can't believe this keeps happening to me. <laughs> Dude, you got to eat some food, man. <laughs> and this is not food. This is my stupid light. Uh, okay, oh, that happened? Yeah. Let's get Again? S- let's get started with our sell high targets. I'm totally not screwing up, I swear. Um, so let's let's jump right in. Uh, you don't necessarily agree with this one, but it's James Roberts, Robinson. Um, I was going to say James Robertson. That's not even close. No. James Robinson sounds like a real person though from the Jacksonville Jaguars he was we were all arguing over uh, Devin Azigbo and Whitecrawl Armstead and then the quiet truthers of James Robinson out here got lucky and and added a running back that's essentially better than Leonard Fournette was last year (laughs) yeah you know James Robinson scored the same amount of touchdowns in two weeks that Leonard Fournette scored all year last year that's disgusting. Uh, makes me angry that I drafted Fournette because I knew this was going to happen. That the running back in Jacksonville was going to score more than three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh if they kept Fournette. Um, I don't understand why they didn't. I mean, maybe a culture change. I, I, they, uh, anyway. But Robinson has been very good. 
He's put up multiple uh, double fantasy point scoring weeks, and um, he's looked when you watch him. Like if you watch that Thursday night game, he looked stellar. He looked really good. Um, yeah. He looked like he, he kind of like I watched Leonard Fournette all last year because I owned him, and uh, he looked far better than Leonard Fournette did last year. If we're being honest, um, more explosive, more explosive. Sure. Yeah, I don't know how long this can last. Um, I feel like this is a moment where like he's not like whereas like a guy like, you know, if a guy like Kenyon Drake were to go off, you you know, after having a bunch of bad weeks in a row, you would kind of be like, OK, this is what I drafted him to do. James Robinson's the complete opposite. He's a waiver wire pickup that you're kind of like, should I start him? And the people who started him last week, last week were obviously benefiting from it. But um, a lot of people are having trouble if they have them on their bench. Um, they're having trouble starting him. You know what I mean? And like, like deciding between a couple of different players. And for me, like if he, if he's as good as he has been, then obviously if you trade him, you need to get something good in return, but I would much rather sell James Robinson at his ceiling than hold on to him and be like, Oh, he had a three point week and I can't sell him anymore. You know what I mean? This is your opportunity. There's somebody in your league that is going to need a running back right now, especially if you're in a 12 team, right? The running back position is so utterly weak right now for 12 team leagues and 14 team leagues. If you're into that kind of thing. So um, James Robinson's a guy that you could definitely sell for something valuable. Don't run around and try to sell him for another running back. That's probably not going to work. Um, but unless it's a, a buy low running back, but anyway, so yeah, I would, I would, I know you disagree a little bit, but I would sell Robinson um, at his point right now. Cause I don't think it's going to be higher than it is. See, I don't know. I don't really necessarily disagree with this. Cause I think it's not a bad idea. And it's similar to like what I said about Calvin Ridley last week, where you just sell him at the peak value, because I agree. Like he's the RB five right now mm-hmm. in half PPR, I think. Uh, and I do not believe he's going to finish at that. But I do really like Allen Robinson. Robinson. I like him too. But I like James Robinson a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we've seen what he's been able to do the first three weeks of the season. You said Allen Uh, Robinson. I really enjoy Allen Robinson as well. Well, I like them both, yeah. Because I said Allen Robinson, and then I realized I said Allen Robinson. So, (laughs) but I like both Robinsons, okay? You're trying. Get get off my case. You're you're trying. James Robinson. um, Sounds like we both need food. (laughs) <laughs> what did you say? I said, it sounds like we both need food. Yeah, I mean, you're the one that got me into this mess. I try. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he's been good, though. Anyway, uh, he's averaging about five yards per carry through the first three weeks of the season. As you said, he already has more touchdowns or just as many touchdowns yeah. as Fournette did all of last season. Um, I believe Fournette averaged, I want to say, like four and a half yards of carry last year. I could be wrong. Yeah. He averaged um, 4.3 yards per carry. So, so far it's only been three weeks, but Robinson has been the better running back yeah. of those two guys. And Jack played better. Um, he's played better. better yeah. Back. I don't know if he's necessarily the better running back. And sometimes, you know, those week one waiver wire guys end up being fantastic players. So I, I wouldn't fully be like, well, you picked them up as a waiver wire. Um, and he's been good, so now you should sell him because I think he could be one of those guys that's good all year. I mean, we've seen what he's been able to do. As you said, he looks good. It looks really good to start the season. That was with Miami, um, though, by the way. Against that Miami, that's... Anyone can look good against... I could look good against Miami. 
Well, I don't know about you, but yeah, a lot of people could look good against Miami. Um, but yeah, the problem with Robinson, though, I think that's going to limit him is game script. Um, obviously, he's still going to be involved in the passing game, which is good. Um, but as you can see, they got killed by Miami, and they only ran, he only had 11 carries because of this. Yeah. Um, they were losing a lot of the games. They decided to throw the ball a lot. Right. Um, I think that's going to happen more often than not this season. I know Jacksonville was in it first two games of the season, but I think they came back to, down to earth against Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of more of the team that they're actually going to beat all right. season. So I think that's going to be a concern, but I still think he's going to be a good player. Right. Could be could be an RB2, but if you can sell him as an RB1, then you should absolutely sell him as an RB1. So I, I feel like Daryl – I mean – um. I agree with everything you said. Okay. <laughs> Were you going to say something about Daryl Henderson? Yeah, dude. Like, I read Daryl Henderson's name and that's what was going to come out. Anyway. Yeah, no. I, I Like I said, James Robinson, I think he is a sell right now just because we don't know. He's undrafted free agent that we don't like. Like For me, I like to hedge my bets. And like I, would, I feel like I'm going to get a much better like outcome if I get James Robinson on my team as opposed to I mean, if I sell James Robinson from my team for another player, as opposed to just holding him um, mm-hmm. and then finding out that he's essentially an undrafted free agent and he ends up not being as good as we think he is. So I think holding him is not a bad idea. I just think it's a lot riskier than just selling him outright. Um, but anyway, number two on our list, Todd Gurley. Gurley has, uh, he was one of our guys this year that we thought was going to be um, relatively good. Um, I don't remember where we had him ranked, but he has not been playing. Excuse me. He has not been playing up to the level of what we expected him to, especially in the passing game. Um, right. He's been very disappointing in the passing game, and um, he's had a total of seven targets on the season. Um, for a total of three yards, three catches, three yards. So he's had one yard per reception. He's not getting the pass catching work that we thought he was going to get. Um, and obviously that's disappointing. He actually has looked okay on the ground, four yards per carry in game one, 5.7 yards per carry in game two. He has been getting decent amount of opportunity. The problem is if you watch the Atlanta Falcons game on Sunday, the, uh, the Falcons led for a lot of the game and then gave it away at the end of the bears. Um, but they were giving the ball a lot to Brian Hill and, um, the other running back. Was it just Hill? Was it just Brian Hill? I I, don't, I think it was just. I didn't Brian watch Hill. much of the game. I think it was just. Brian but Hill that was Todd Gurley had a fifty-one percent snap percentage in this game, and oh, really, yeah, and in the uh, he week one he had a forty-five percent snap percentage. Um, so, and I feel like that was just because they were playing Seattle, and Seattle was going sure, crazy yeah. offensively. They so, but in this game against Chicago, they had a positive game script, and Brian Hill looked mm-hmm. like the better running back of the two. Now. Gurley did have a good week with 5.7 yards per carry, 80 yards and a rushing touchdown. So uh, he, for 14 fantasy points, half PPR, that looks good. Um, the big reason why I would sell him right now is, is uh, you know, he's not getting a huge amount of opportunity through the air and even on the ground, with the exception of the 21 rushes against Dallas in week two. He doesn't, he's not getting like an average of 20, 18 to 20 rushes per game anyway. So if he's not getting pass catching work and he's in an offense where it's not really efficient 
running the ball anyway, and they're probably going to be in negative game scripts for a majority of the season where they're going to have to try to pass the ball to get back into games. It just doesn't look good for Todd Gurley in terms of fantasy football for the future. Um, So I would take this 14-point week. I would say to teams, this is Todd Gurley. This is where Todd Gurley we're talking about. He's going to be an RB2. Yeah. Just try to sell the ship, get a wide receiver, and do something like that. I still don't mind Gurley um, rest of the season, but I would sell him as well. And one of the reasons I was particularly really high in Gurley this year, and I was higher than you on him, um, was I kind of expected him to do this on the ground. Mm -hmm. I didn't really expect him to rush for, you know, 120 yards every game on 25 carries. Like, that wasn't what I was expecting. He didn't do that with um, He didn't do that with Los Angeles, though. No, that's true. But I, I wasn't expecting him to do that. I was expecting him to get, you know, 20 carries for however many yards mm-hmm. and then the 15 carries for 80-something yards. Like, having decent games on the ground, not great. Mm-hmm. But what, what made what made me really like Gurley this offseason was the, the amount that the Falcons throw the ball and the amount they throw it to, to Devontae Freeman last season. Um, and Freeman had, I think, like 70 targets last year. Yeah, something like games. that. And Gurley only has, what, seven, seven through targets three. through yeah. three weeks. So it's about two it's and a half just, a game, something like that. I don't know if I did my math yeah, right. Yeah, which is not good. I mean, I, I, I would expected more through the through the air <clears throat> with Gurley, and I don't know if that's yeah. going to change throughout the season, and it's going to limit his ceiling. And what you drafted him hoping he would be, mm-hmm. I just don't think he's going to reach that without the receiving game. He's yeah. still going to be in, uh, you know, I think he'll, he'll probably be a good flex play week to week. Um, maybe... You know, even in RB two, but right. I think if you sell him now with the he's Todd Gurley, he got fourteen points last week. You might be able to get something um, that's with, with something that's yeah. uh, worth the ceiling that he's at right now. Something that uh, I think is better than Todd Gurley actually will be. I think you can get that out of him. Yeah, agreed. Um, and the third one, I don't necessarily agree with. Um, I put him. I personally put him on the list, and I was you like, put oh, him on the list, I so. put him in the wrong spot on the list. I meant to put him in another category, but uh, in the buy lows. But you said leave him you in could, sell high. He's a good sell high, and I was like, okay, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this in thorough detail and yell at each other very emphatically. Uh, <laughs> But so I'll just tell you why I think Henderson um, might be a buy low, but also a decent sell high if you want to make that argument. So okay. is, is he both? Can you can you be both at the same time? You, you kind, I mean, maybe. Uh, so depends on who owns him. Week one, Malcolm Brown went out and had a monster game, um, yeah. and in twenty fantasy points, it looked like he might be a guy that takes over that backfield and, and is the girly. Um, Daryl Henderson comes out week two and he ends up getting the touchdowns and the, you know, a little bit of receiving work and he puts together a 19 fancy point game against Buffalo. One of the better run stopping defenses in the NFL. He gets 18 fancy points, 20 rushing attempts for 114 yards and a touchdown. That is impressive, and he looked girly like that's the big thing. Is you go back and watch that game, he looked like Todd Gurley. Yeah, he looks like the best running back in this offense. And I talked about this last week that if he came out against the Buffalo Bills and had a really great week, you were talking about Daryl Henderson possibly being the now feature running back for the Rams. And if that continues to happen, now we are concerned about Cam Akers coming back and this still being an RBBC because there's nothing that has signaled the Rams to say, Daryl Henderson's our guy. You know what I mean? 
Um, But he has been getting the work. So I would say he's a buy low because right now I think a lot of people are afraid of the Rams backfield. And so if the owner of the, the, the Daryl Henderson owner, if he's afraid of the Rams backfield, then he would be more likely to sell a little bit lower on Daryl Henderson. There are some people that are just going to be like, Oh, Daryl Henderson, RB one Henderson's an RB one. You can't <laughs> take him away from me. He's going to be my RB one. And then they're, they're not going to sell him. So I would take the opportunity now before he has another, like say he goes two more games with 20, 20 fantasy points. He essentially sure. becomes unbuyable from a, from a lot of perspectives because then you're paying a lot. Um, That's so, true. I would buy. I would buy. I would buy personally. Buy low on Daryl Henderson if you can. The argument for sell high, I'll leave mostly to Rick. But I'd say, if he if this is the the height of Daryl Henderson, and they go back to giving Cam Akers a lot of opportunities and uh, Malcolm Brown a lot of opportunities when they both come off injury, then you know uh, it would be remiss for me to say that selling high on him right now would would be a bad thing. Um, but he's got the Giants next week too, so. Goodness gracious. Yeah, good matchup. Um, he, he's probably going to have another good week, honestly. Uh, you put him on the sell high, so I'll, I'll make the argument for it. Um, we've been saying... I put it all on you because I meant to put him on buy low, just so you know that. <laughs> we, we, we've been saying since, like, July that this Rams backfield is going to be gross, and they're going to use yeah. all the different guys. McVay has already said he wants to do an RBBC. In week one, Malcolm Brown went off. He was the waiver wire by the week. Yeah. We're saying Malcolm Brown, this is his backfield. Week two, Daryl Henderson, they both have good weeks, but Henderson has the better week. Then week three, Henderson goes off. Everybody's saying this is Henderson's backfield. He's the big buy now. Henderson's backfield. And I think he's probably, you know, the best one of the three. Yeah. But it's just, I'm not, I'm still not convinced that they're going to use Henderson like they used him this week when Akers comes back. When Brown, who was injured but played through it, is fully healthy, yeah. uh, I think they're going to use all three guys, and I think right. there's going to be a point in the season where they're going to give Cam Akers a game where he gets like 15 or 20 carries and to just see what he he has. They're going to ride I the feel like hand in games. If Henderson, it's, if Henderson keeps playing like he is, that's never going to happen. That's true. I've I have felt why. like I have felt like this backfield. If one guy starts to run away with it, whatever sure. guy that is is sure. going to be there. Todd Gurley. And so, I not think, that he's going to produce that, the same level, possible. but Henderson has so far been that guy. But you you make valid points. They might just go to Acres. You know, Henderson and Acres are both fourth round picks, so it really doesn't to them. I don't think it matters. Same capital. Uh, Acres was a second round pick. Was he really? I keep doing this with Acres. Yes. Oh, news. Oh, jeez, oh, you scared me. Yeah, Daryl Henderson is the starting running back it? of the Rams. <laughs> was that was that your breaking news? Of course it was. Or is that actual? Is that actual breaking? There's no actual, there breaking, actual news? breaking news. No, there's no actual breaking news. Oh wow, okay, you jerk. Um, anyway, uh, if you because that kind of scared the frick out of me. Did. Like I was scared when I hit yeah, the button. Did you, did you do that by accident? And then uh, you just—it may have been on accident. It may have been on purpose. Okay. We'll never know. I think it was an accident, but can we finish this discussion on Gerald Henderson Um, so I can move on to buy lows? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Henderson back to back with almost 20 points. I think you could get a lot of farm if you wanted to. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, Bylows, we'll start with another disagreeing factor, Joe Mixon. Now, you are an owner of Joe Mixon, so right now you hate him. But that's because you have to – You like, he's your guy. Like, Ricky drafted Saquon. Saquon tore his ACL. He traded for Joe Mixon, and now Mixon's his RB1. He didn't really have much left. So, understandably, he's mad at Joe Mixon for not performing to the level that he needs to because – it's his RB one. Now it's not, he's expecting RB one value out of a guy who is not going to play like an RB one. I am ranked RB 13. I just want to note that. So he's an RB two in my list, but I would say he's a buy low because Mixon did this last year. His exact sequence. Like it, it's carbon copied a little bit better this year than last, but he has been, not very good for a majority of the season, disappointing owners. And I don't think that Joe Mixon is going to continue to disappoint people. I think he's going to get back up. Now, I don't think he's a 20 point a game running back. I don't think he's the top five running back that you expected, but it's only week three. That's what people need to realize. Oh, it's week four now, but you've only seen three weeks of the NFL season. There is still 10 weeks. Most likely if you have a 12 team league and you run six people in the playoffs, there is most likely 10 weeks left in your, your regular season. There is so much football left to be played, and we have no idea what's going on in the NFL yet. So Mixon could have just been having a couple of tough games to start the season because they have a rookie quarterback. They're trying to figure out how they're going to do things offensively and get the ball moving. And I think that's exactly what's been happening, and Joe Mixon has not been a benefactor of that, which is kind of what I felt later in the offseason when I stopped buying Joe Mixon early. Um so for me, I feel like this is the lowest point you're going to be able to buy Joe Mixon. And the Joe Mixon owner, like yourself, Rick, is so pissed off at Joe Mixon right now that they will sell a garbage can and a half for Joe Mixon just to get something for him. And if that is capable, if you're capable of doing that without damaging your starting lineup, then get Joe Mixon. Like, easy. It's easy money right there. That's, that's, that's free stuff that I'm giving you. You're talking about Joe Mixon. Yeah, dude. He was so disappointed in Joe Mixon. It's unbelievable. I trust I me. I've watched Joe him Mixon too right because I'm obsessed for, with Burrow. Uh, a, a, for a pizza and a, and a cup of coffee. See what I'm saying? Just buy him. Buy, at uh, that would, point, I, if somebody is literally saying, buy me a cup of coffee and I'll give you Joe Mixon, I, that's easy money, dude. Buy for it. For all you Joe Mixon owners. I'm not I'm even sorry. a Joe Mixon truther anymore, but. I'm really sorry. Uh, he's been He's been brutal. Uh, and that's keep being kind. He has absolutely blown chunks. Like he's just yeah. been absolutely terrible. Uh, he's averaging about three yards a carry this season, which isn't a know, little, it's, it's better than last fault. year. He was averaging two yards a carry at this point last year. It's not all his fault because that offensive line ask Joe Burrow is not very good. You're Rick. I want to, um, I want to just give this to you for, for the owners of Joe Mixon last year who picked him up in like the fourth round. He started off the season with 1.7 and 1.5 yards per carry. So bad. Yeah, this year so a little bad. bit better. 3.9, 2.9, and then 2.9. Um, so. But do you want to know what his snap percentage is too? Through the first three weeks? Last week, he they finally gave him... 71%. Uh, I was just about to bring that yep. up. But the first two weeks of the season was 56% and 51%. Yeah. That's not what you no. want from Gross. a guy who was supposed to be a low-end RB1. Yeah, that's disgusting. Um, 
he was almost splitting with Gio Navi Bernard. I think Bernard was getting like forty percent mm-hmm. snap around there snap yeah. percentage, um, which is just uh, for any Joe Mixon owner terrible. And if you drafted Mixon, I mean, it's just. It, it's just awful absolutely awful i guess what you're saying is technically right um thank you about going to kind of mix an owner like, like myself if if the Mixon owner drafted Mixon as their second running back or their even their third running back for some reason and they have like back. for you for you because you lost right. saquon it's a lot harder to sell joe Mixon for crap because you know you need him to perform and have success yeah, you know, and and like this you're is not, his what, last week though. He's playing Jacksonville. If he's if he gets less than ten points, uh, actually screw that. If he gets less than like sixteen points Whoa, against Jacksonville, that's a little. I'm I I want to drop him as a mixing owner. I really do. Wow. Okay, so I just want to note too that you you need to relax on the Joe Mixon. He had um he's had five ten and seven, so he hasn't been great in terms of production. But he also has not scored a touchdown, and I feel like. This is, like I said, this is what happened with Mixon last year. He scored a touchdown in week three, but he didn't start actually scoring touchdowns until about week seven. Mm. And so that's when he started to pick it up. Um, And I feel like, I feel like for Cincinnati, I think they're still, like I said, they're still trying to figure things out. They were targeting AJ Green out the wazoo the last couple weeks. Finally, this week, they give T. Higgins nine targets, Tyler Boyd 13 targets, and they get their offense moving and they get the ball out of the hands of the guy who can't. So I think they're just figuring things out with Burrow. And um, I think over time, like you said, the you see a jump, 56% snap percentage week one, 51% snap percentage in week two, week three, 71% snap percentage. So you're starting to see that increase to the point where they're saying, okay, you know what? We need to get our star running back that we're about to pay, or I don't think they already did pay him. Uh, on the field for a majority of the snaps. Um, and the other thing that you would, I would note too, is that he's actually been relatively efficient through the air with 10 yards per reception and then eight yards per reception in the following two weeks. Week one, he just wasn't good, but he only had one target for two yards. I uh, one reception for two yards, I should say. So I think for, there's two things for Joe Mixon. I think he's getting, he's going to get a f- more efficient on the ground. And I think he's also going to start scoring touchdowns. And when that happens, like I said, he's not, Todd Gurley, which is what people wanted him to be. He wanted him to be, you know, Zach Taylor's Sean McVay version of Todd Gurley. Like, that's what people wanted from him. He's not going to be that. You have to temper your expectation under, and understand that he's going to be, when he's playing well, a 15 to 18 fantasy point per game guy. So outside of that, like, I'm not telling you to buy him as an RB1. Like, you have mm-hmm. to buy him, like, low. Um, and you'll be you know, you'll be feeling pretty good once Joe Mixon starts going off. Like you said, Jacksonville, he's also got tough games against Baltimore and Indianapolis the following two weeks. So it's not going to be an easy road for him, but I do think Joe Mixon's got better days ahead. I guess. All right, let's move on to the next guy. DJ Chark. This one we can agree on because we've agreed on, disagreed on every single one of these, I guess. This is what happens when I make the list. Next week, you can make the list. I mean, I don't always. I'm not really fully disagreeing. It's just like, man, as a Mixon owner. So have you have you looked at Chark's numbers recently? Uh, I have. Actually. Horrible. Yeah. Three great. reception, three targets, four targets in the first two games. I don't know what's happening. 
Uh, but Chark is not getting targeted. I feel like I feel like uh LaVisca Chenault's getting targeted more than Chark is. He he missed a week this week. He's had two games where he's had 10 points, Chark, that is. Um, he missed a game against Los uh, Miami on Thursday night because of what was it, a concussion or a hamstring injury? I can't uh, remember. It's a back and chest. Oh, okay. All right. Never mind. Neither of those things were the injury. Uh, but anyway, so Chark did not play on Thursday night. Um, I feel like going into the next couple weeks, I, I this is this is about as gross and as low as you can go on Chark. Yep. And I feel like I'm I'm just going on a gut feeling that he's going to get targeted more. Yeah, I think. Well, I for the argument for Chark, um, you know, he he did only get targeted seven times in the first two weeks, which is gross, but he was out in the field yeah. 84% of the time in week one and 79% in week two, which led all right. Jackson receivers by a decent amount, I believe. Um, and he was like clearly the number one wide receiver. It was just, he just, the simple fact was he just wasn't getting targeted as much mm-hmm. as people thought, but he was very efficient with those targets. So if he just gets more targets um, and he stays yeah. being efficient and he's already the best receiver on that team by, I think a, a good amount, even though Chanel, I think has upside. I think Shark is still the best wide receiver on that team. Yeah. Um, if he is able to play this week, they got three very easy matchups coming up against Cincinnati, Houston, Detroit. Um, so he should, if he's gonna start um, blowing up, yeah. Now would be the now is gonna be the time he's gonna do it if he's healthy. I totally agree. Um, let's talk about the final guy, Terry McLaurin. Ooh, scary Terry. Scary Terry. Um, so. Eight points week one, eight fantasy points in that PPR in week one. Arizona, he had 22. This past week, he had 10 against Cleveland. Eight targets, four receptions. So he's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster at this point. Um, yeah. But I think McLaurin is, at this point, he's superseded Chark, who we just talked about. Um, he's been very, very good. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel like this is going to be a harder buy. Um, because I think the owner sees the, t- the possibility of having those 22 points. But I think there's also a little bit of frustration there with the 8-point and the 10-point games. So you know what he can be, but he hasn't been consistent. Um, and you don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to be consistent. Washington's offense has looked mediocre at best so far this yeah, year. Not great. So um, I feel like at this point, you could, you could go to the McLaurin owner and try to buy Terry McLaurin low, um, for good value and, and then reap the benefits later. Um, I would sell like a mid range RB two to get him, um, and, and try to get him on your team. But outside of that, I mean, he's had some, he's getting targets. I mean, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, no, he's the clear of the league. He's getting um, targets instead of DJ Chark. He's getting no, I targets. would rather have McLaurin than Chark. Um, and McLaurin, I think the good thing about him is you've seen what his floor is. This is his floor. It's eight to 10 points a week. Right. And his ceiling, he can easily get to 22. Yeah. Um, he, he's going to be a little touchdown dependent, I think, um, if you mm. want to get like those 20 point weeks. Right. But I think um, th- because the targets are there and he's clearly the number one guy in that offense, um, clearly the best receiver in the team, he's going to get you 10 points a week um, with that upside to get 20 plus a week. And I think if he can just start getting mm-hmm. a little more efficient with the chart, like he had, he caught 50% of his passes this week. Um, if he goes, you know, yeah. keeps it at like a, the first week he was at about 70%. If he keeps it at about a 70% for the whole season, he's going to be really, really solid. 
Uh, yeah. So I think you should buy Terry McLaurin. I think he's got um, good upside and a good floor, which is always great. Agreed. That'll do it for our trade targets for this week. I also want to mention Kenyon Drake. Uh, you still have a window to buy him before he goes. He's literally got Carolina and the Jets the next two weeks, I believe. If he doesn't score like 20 plus against the Jets, I don't know. I think it yeah. might be it for him. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, they gave uh, literally the Indianapolis was blowing, like blowing out the Jets so hard that they just benched Jonathan Taylor midway through the third quarter. They just took him out of the game. They were like, okay, we're done with this guy. And then Wilkins and like Wilkins got like 16 something carries and uh, no, not Wilkins. Uh, Hines got like 16 touches or whatever, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen if they just straight that, blow out the Jets. The Jets are horrible. Over, yeah, under worst, two worst games, two more games for Adam Gase. Under. <laughs> he's getting fired next week. I think he's got Please. One, one game in him. They're so bad. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, it would yeah. be good for uh, Le'Veon Bell. Maybe he's a good buy, too. Maybe. That'll do it for this episode of the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Week four trade targets in the books. We're just cruising through week two. We're cruising through the NFL season. Hopefully, we uh, get you some dubs this week. I can get some dubs. Last week, I did terrible. Uh, talk to you tomorrow, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.